Hi, my name is Sarah, and I'm from the blog Short Stories. Today, I'm going to narrate one of my short stories. It's called Silver Hearts, Part Seven. A while later, Eric's rush into the dungeon and quickly unlock both of their doors. Thanks, lad, Oxy said as she walked out of the jail cell. She had a black color collar attached to her neck. It looked like it was made of black stone, held together by nails. By the way, how did you get captured? I thought that you people knew how to handle us. Eric asked. Let's just say that I had a lapse in judgment. Oxy replied. All right, remember the plan. It's time. Wait for me to distract everyone. When you hear the signal, run, Eric said. Wait, what's the signal? Beth asked. You know it when you hear it, Eric said, as he rushed out of the dungeon. Why couldn't he have just told us what the signal is? Ned said in exasperation. They walked to the main door and listened. As they walked past the other captives, a few cried out, "Help us! Don't leave us here!" A man cried out. Moxy went up to him and said, "When the time is right, we'll get you out of here. We'll come back for you." What was that about? What do you mean, get him out of here? Nancy asked. Maybe I'll tell you a lot about it later. We're kind of in a hurry here, Oxy whispered. As soon as she said that, they heard the sound of heavy footsteps running away from the main wooden door. At the top of the stairs, I think that's the signal. Ned said. They opened the door and peeked through the opening. It's clear, Ned said. They quickly rushed to the treasure room and took back their weapons. Glad to have you back, Ned said as he kissed his bed. Beth rolled her eyes, and Leila chuckled. The entrance opposite the dungeon was clear, as the guards had left. They quickly walked through the collection room and entered the long hallway before Ned opened the door to the main hall. Get back inside, Ned whispered. And quickly closed the door. When the rest looked at him quizzically, he said, "A few of them are still running towards the direction of the throne room." The rest nodded in understanding. Ned peeked outside, and motioned for them to follow him. Using the map in Beth's hand, they quickly raced towards the left of the castle, and passed by some of the wooden tables. And chairs that had unfinished food left on the table. The kitchen was at the end of the room, and they entered an archway on the right, and entered the kitchen. It was a simple but big kitchen, with a wooden counter littered with slabs of animal meat, and a fireplace with dead rabbits hanging over it. Leila thought that she saw something else. That looked like a human leg. Eric was standing at the back entrance, 
What took you guys so long? Hurry up. Before they realise that you guys are gone, Eric said. Leah looked down near his feet and saw a grey moon stalker wearing a white apron. He was snoring. Had to knock him out, he explained. Now hurry, one of you guys has to knock me out, Eric said. How do you cause a distraction? Beth asked. Oh, you know, I just started a small fire in the king's throne room. I took a few of his favorite books and burned them near his library, which is right next to his throne room, Eric explained. Leila remembered seeing a small archway next to the king's throne. I think I will knock Eric's out. Okay. When do you want it? Ned said. My face. You have to make it look believable. Afterward, tie me up, Eric said. Thanks for helping us escape, man. Ned said. You're welcome. Now hurry up and knock me out, Eric said. Ned raised his bat and hit Eric's in the face. When Eric's collapsed, his nose broke and blood poured out from him. Leila looked worried. You'll be fine, love. He's a moonstalker. They heal at a faster rate than us, Oxy reassured Leila, as Ned used some rope lying nearby to tie Eric's hands and legs. Ned propped him up against a cabinet, and they quickly rushed out of the wooden door. All of them ran up a long tunnel that looked like a giant rabbit bored through it. At the end was a round metal door. Ned quickly opened the door and he pushed open the door. They emerged from the ground and closed the metal door. Ella looked back and saw that the castle was underground. The front of the castle was on the other end, and both entrances were concealed under a hill. Moonlight shone down brightly, and at the entrance lay two grey moonstalkers, who looked like they were knocked out. You must have used the same stuff your moonstalker friend gave you, Noxie said. She whistled, and three people ran out of the woods that surrounded the back of the hill. There was an older man who had silver hair and fair skin with blue eyes. Next to him was a young girl who had black hair and brown eyes the colour of caramel. Another woman who had similar features stood next to her. All of them wore the same kind of outfit as Loxy's, except that the man's shirt was dark green and the girl's shirt was dark red. The woman wore a brown shirt with dark blue pants. Lena noticed that the man held a long wooden bowl and had a brown quiver on his back. The girl held two curved daggers on the back of her waist, while the woman's waist held a sword. The man tossed a dagger with a brown hilt to Loxy. We used blue midnight powder to knock them out, the man explained. I can tell. Good work. We can do the introductions later. We must leave now. The other moonstalkers could arrive any second, Oxy said, 
Alright, this way. Lemon gestured as he ran back into the woods. With only an old-fashioned lamp as a light source, the man led the way. The rest followed him, with Loxy and the woman flanking each side of the group. The girl ran next to the man. Nina could barely make out the lamp, but the moonlight seemed to help light up the forest floor. She ran with ease as the moon lit up the trees and the forest floor in blue moonlight. They ran past the hill and passed by the front entrance. Suddenly, a blue bird with long white feathers on its tail and a tall body flew past them and flew next to Loxie. Its feathers had an iridescent sheen of purple and blue with a slight tinge of green. It let out a majestic cry that sounded like the cry of a bald eagle. Loxie nodded to it and it flew ahead. As they ran, Leila felt like the forest was trying to block their path as the grass snapped against their legs and the twigs caught pieces of their clothing. Nancy almost tripped a few times and Adam had to help her up when she fell over a log. Beth felt like she could barely catch her breath as the other people from this world ran in the forest with ease and speed. Ella could hear the distant howling of werewolves from behind them. When the man finally stopped and held up his hand, Ella saw a fire up ahead and on the left. They peeked out of the tree line and saw the ruins. The werewolves are patrolling up ahead. Here, drink this. It will cover your scent, he explained. As he handed out small glass bottles with purple liquid inside them. All we have to do now is cause a distraction so that they won't notice us, he continued. The girl took out a small grey rabbit from her brown knapsack and placed it on the ground. It hopped away and moved closer to the ruins. After a few minutes, all hell broke loose. As the sound of heavy footsteps pounded on the ground, two moonstalkers from the ruins and four others from the forest ran out of the tree line and headed towards the rabbit. As the rabbit squealed and tried to run away, to the opposite side of the forest. The man waved them forward and whispered, Let's go. Try not to make too much noise. Leila sneaked by the ruins with the rest, and they managed to make it. They were a few meters away from the ruins, when Beth let out a breath. Phew! Thought that they would hear us or something, she said to Leila. Nina looked back and smiled at Beth, who was the last in the group. Beth suddenly saw Leila's eyes go wide, as she felt herself lift off the ground. Sharp claws dug into her coat, and hot breath blew down her neck, as she turned her head to a bright blue eye and a sharp row of teeth. One of its eyes was blind with long scratch marks on it. 
A grey moonstalker from the patrol must have caught their scent and went back into the forest to drag them. Beth almost screamed, but quickly covered her mouth as she looked back at Layla. Then her eyes turned resolute as she took her hunting knife from her waist and tried to plunge it into the werewolf's stomach. It caught her hand and squeezed it until she cried out in pain. And she dropped the knife to the ground. Ella was about to pull out her own knife when she felt someone pull her waist from behind. She was about to scream when she turned around and saw that it was Adam. He pointed to the trees behind Beth. Ella looked at where he was pointing and saw several blue eyes in the distance. The pack was about to descend on them. There were too many. Layla felt Adam pull her hand to lead her away from the area, but she struggled as the Moonstalker stepped forward and growled. Beth took off her hand, and as tears ran down her cheeks, she said sadly, Run, tell Ned I love him. Layla felt Adam pull her towards him and reluctantly ran away. Tears streamed down her face as they joined the others. They ran back to the main dirt path that diverged into different directions, and this time they followed the left path. As they ran, Nancy noticed that the trees were lighted up with lamps on their branches, and the forest felt less ominous. As they ran further away from the main dirt path, she also noticed that some of the trees had wooden carvings hanging on the twigs. After running for a fair bit of distance, they ran past two huge and thick trees that had thick ropes on their trunks. White strips of cloth hung on each rope. Up ahead, lay a brick wall with a metal gate. Two wooden guard towers stood near the entrance. As Layla ran past the two trees, she felt something weird. Like she just passed through a thin layer of shimmering air. Loxie ran up to the gate, and two burly men standing at the guard towers aimed their arrows at them as one shouted, Halt! Who goes there? It's me, Loxie, you muppet. Open the doors. There were a few guests from the other world. We have soft suckers on our tail, Doxy called out. The blonde head guard above nodded and gestured to the guard below. The gates opened and the group walked in. As the gate shut, Nila heard the guards shout from above and turned to see several werewolves run up to the gate. As Nila braced herself, she looked on in shock as they were repelled from the line when the two big trees were planted. It was almost like something pushed them back, and they flew backward. As Layla looked above, she saw the guards aim their arrows at the werewolves. The werewolves yelped and whined in pain as they picked themselves up. Get lost, you cretin, unless you want a bunch of arrows in your hide, the blonde guard shouted. 
The werewolves howled, and some growled at the guards as they ran off. The last one looked Lila dead in the eye and smirked before it ran off. What was that? Nancy asked. But before anyone could answer, Ned looked around and said, Where's Beth? Lila looked at Adam, who was going to answer, but she shook her head at him and said, Ned, I'm sorry, but Beth was caught by one of the werewolves. What? Ned said, with a confused look on his face. I was with her when she was caught. I didn't know what to do. I couldn't save her. I'm sorry, Lila said as she looked down. It wasn't Lila's fault, Ned. I was with them. The werewolves were getting nearer, and we wouldn't be able to save her without getting caught ourselves, Adam said sadly. What? No! How could you leave her behind? Ned shouted as he rushed towards Adam and Layla. A guard held him back as Layla and Adam stepped back in shock. Ned, don't do this. It wasn't your fault. There are too many of those monsters. Nancy said, as she stood between them. Loxy stepped in as Ned struggled and said gently, I don't know her very well, but Beth seemed like a kind girl who loved her friends. I'm sorry for what happened, but blaming your friends isn't helping. I'm sure she wouldn't want to see you like this. Oxy placed her hand on his shoulder. Annette crumbled to the ground and sobbed. Lila was about to step forward to apologize. But Loxy shook her head. I think we should give Ned some space. Thelma, please give Ned and his friends a place to rest. I have to see our leader to report in. The man nodded and said, Right this way. June, please help Ned to his feet. The young girl, June, helped Ned to his feet, while Thalmo led him and the rest of the group into the village. Helena, please come with me. I need someone to update me on what happened while I was gone. The woman who was with them joined Loxy and they walked ahead of the group. As Leila and her group walked suddenly past little wooden houses with roofs made of thatched straw, the villagers outside the houses looked at them. There were a few young children running around and chasing each other as the adults watched the group walk past. A few of the villagers smiled at them, but some looked on suspiciously. They last smiled at a young boy, who looked like he was five. His eyes went wide, and he ran back to his mother, who was hanging up laundry on an old clothesline. She wore a plain brown dress with a white apron in the front. He hid behind her skirt and peeked from behind as the group walked past his house. His mother, who was blonde with brown eyes, smiled at Leila and said, Don't pay him no mind. 
He's never seen anyone outside of this place. Leila smiled back and said, I'm sorry if I startled him. She took out a hot toffee candy and held it out to the young boy. He looked up at his mother, who smiled at him and said, Go on, Timothy. She won't bite. The boy ran up to Leila, who gave him the candy. Thank you, miss, Timothy said. He ran back into his house. Are you sure that's a good idea? Giving that boy something from our world? Nancy asked. It's fine. We have candy here too. Just probably not as well packaged as yours. Ours are wrapped in plain wax paper, Thalma said from the front. Oh cool, Nancy replied. They crossed a well at the end of the street and turned a left corner before stopping outside a big house. This is my home. All of you can stay here while we get things sorted out, Thalmor said as he opened the wooden door and led them into the house. The moment they last stepped in, she felt the cold leave her body as the warmth of the house washed over her. Wow, it's cozy in here, Nancy said. A rack of shoes was placed near the entrance on the right. Make yourselves comfortable. June, please show them to my guest rooms while I make something hot for our guests, Thalmor said. June nodded and said, Please follow me upstairs. They followed her up wooden steps. And there were three rooms on the second floor. One on the far right and two more in the center of the room. Their rooms aren't here. Ladies, please follow me, June said, as she pushed open the left door in the center of the room. Leila and Nancy followed her into the room. There was a simple poster bed with white sheets at the back of the room, while a wooden dresser was placed on the left of the bed alongside the left wall. A crudely carved stool sat below it. A mirror stood above the dresser. Next to the dresser sat a metal wash basin, along with a white piece of cloth hanging over the edge, while a small bucket stood next to it. A small wooden bench sat near the door, along with some leather-bound books with archaic symbols written on them. It's not much, but it serves its purpose. Sorry if we couldn't get you a bigger place, but only our leader gets to live in our town hall, June said. It's fine. It fits the two of us just fine, Hila said. Alright then. Let you ladies like them. The bathroom is downstairs and at the back. When you're settled, please come downstairs. We have much to discuss, June said. She closed the door behind them and Leila could faintly hear the door next to their room squeak open as June showed the boys into the room. I wonder whether Adam and Ned are going to be fine. Ned is in a really dark place right now. I bet things are going to be awkward, 
Then she said, Then she looked at Layla, who didn't respond. Layla slumped onto the bench and put her hands on her face. Hey, it's not your fault. Don't blame yourself for what happened to Beth. Nancy said, as she sat down and put her hand on Nina's back. I left her behind. I should have fought harder to stay with her, Nina said, as she sobbed softly. When both of them were ready, they walked down the stairs and into the living room. A long wooden table with benches sat on the far right of the stairs along the wooden cabinet next to it. An archway on the right side of the wall and near the entrance led into a kitchen with stone floors and a brick fireplace at the back of the kitchen. Crude metal pots and wooden needles hung over a wooden counter on the right. Wooden shelves hung over the counter and held cooking ingredients in jars along with metal cutlery that was stacked neatly in rows. Thalma sat at the wooden table with Ned and Adam. Ella and Nancy joined them and sat on the opposite side of the table. Ned held his head in his hands while Adam held a porcelain cup and sat in silence. Come, have a cup of milk to warm yourselves, Thalma said as he poured warm milk from a metal jug into two porcelain cups. Leda thanked him and took a sip. It tasted sweet and it warmed her body. Thanks, Salma, Leila said as she sipped her drink. You're welcome, Leila. June had to head back to her house to rest. She's Helena's daughter. Oh, and Adam just told me your names. I hope that's alright, Tomal said. It's alright, Nila smiled. Now that everyone is ready, should we head to the town hall? A guard just told me that our leader wants to meet you, Tomal asked. Yeah, sure, Adam said. Nancy and Leila nodded. How about you, young man? Are you ready to meet our leader? Salmo asked Ned. Just leave me alone, please. Ned mumbled. Is that fine, Salmo? Nancy asked. It's alright. He can join us later when he feels better. Salmo said kindly. Leila and the rest walked up the main street of the village and passed by a few stalls selling fruits and other types of food. Thalma bought a few bright red and round fruits with a green stalk on the top. Lila bit into one and it tasted like an apple but it was sweeter and had the texture of a peach. Wow, that's good. What's it called? She asked Thalma. It's called Red Plum. It's a popular delicacy around here, Salma explained. I can see why it tastes delicious, Nancy said as she munched on the fruit. After walking past a few more vendors and a stable 
where horses were kept. They finally reached the town hall. It was a two-story, grey brick building with a red tiled roof. It was big but not huge. A bell tower hung at the top on the left side of the building. Two men who held spears stood at the big wooden double doors outside the entrance of the building. They were dressed like Loxy, but they had leather armor on their shoulders, metal armor on their upper torso, along with leather braces on their hands. Good evening, gentlemen. We are here to see our leader. Thalmogui said them. Who are these people? They don't look like our people. One of the guards said. They are guests who have come from the other world. Thalmog explained. Very well. You may pass. The guard said. They look like twins. Both of the guards had black hair and green eyes. But the one who spoke to them had a scar on the left of his cheek and looked fiercer while the other one looked less grizzled and had more feminine features. That's Queen and Brothel Hundred. They are twins and serve as the main guards to our leader. You'll be meeting her soon, Thalmor said as they walked into the town hall. They walked into a big room that had rows of wooden chairs placed on each side of the room. A big wooden table sat in the middle and at the back of the room. Wooden torches lit up the room in a warm orange glow and big candle holders with white candles sat on the wooden table. Behind the table sat a tapestry that showed a huge blue moon hanging over two figures. One on the right was a black hooded figure, while the other was a figure in a white robe with a hood over its head. It looked up to the sky, while the black hooded figure looked down and held a skull in its hands. Two round archways behind the table and on each side of the tapestry led to wooden stairs. Thalmor told the group that the leader and her closest advisors lived on the second floor. Do they have servants as well? Nancy asked. No, the leader does not believe in slavery. Everyone does their part in this town, and our leader makes sure that everyone is treated equally, Thalmor answered. Thalmor led them to the front row and asked them to wait or he went to tell the leader of their arrival. Leila sat down with the rest on the first row of the bench on the left side of the room. I hope Ned's okay. I feel kind of bad leaving him all alone at Thalmor's house, Nancy said. I don't blame him if he hates me. I left Beth behind and dragged Leila away when Beth needed our help. Adam said suddenly. I feel bad about Beth too, but Adam, I don't think Ned hates you. I think he just needs some time alone. From what Leila told me, Beth told both of you to run. I don't think she blames you 
and Leila for running away. Nancy said. Salmore emerged from the right archway. Behind him was Loxy, and a young woman with long silver hair and grey eyes. The younger woman wore a white gown with gold snowflake embroidery on the border of the sleeves and the bottom of the gown. A gold necklace with a green diamond pendant rested on her chest. A few people in simple white robes trailed behind the younger woman. Ladies and gentlemen, meet our leader, Elaine Snow, Salmon announced in a commanding tone. Everyone stood up. Your Highness, Leila said as she bowed. Oh, no need to be so formal with me. I may look like royalty, but I'm just as much a citizen as Salma is in this town. Just call me Milane, Milane said humbly. Foxy has told me so much about you, Milane continued. Leila noticed that Loxy didn't have the black stone collar around her neck. Loxy, what happened to that thing around your neck? Leila asked Loxy. Oh, that old thing. It was something that the Moonstalkers used to dull my powers. Elaine's advisors managed to get it off my neck when I went to see her, Loxy replied. Oh, I see. Wait, what? Your powers? Ila asked. Oh yeah, didn't I tell you? Um, I guess I must have forgotten to mention it in all the excitement. I'm a witch, Loxy said nonchalantly. I'm sorry, did you just say you're a witch? Adam asked. Yeah, what's so strange about that? Isn't your friend Ila a witch as well? Hell, most of the people in this town know magic. That's how we protect ourselves from the Moonstalkers, Oxy said. Oh, was that how you managed to repel the Moonstalkers? Wait, how did you know Leila had powers? Adam asked. Yes, the trees outside the gate protect the villagers using a barrier that repels Moonstalkers. Our ancestors put it up to protect us. As for Leila, I could sense her powers from the start. By the way, why don't you use your powers, Lassie? Foxy asked, Leila. Um, I just discovered it a few months ago, and I don't really trust myself with it. The last time I used it in my hometown, I heard two girls from my school, Leila replied. Oh, who were these two girls? Who you hurt? Were they your friends? Oxy asked. No. They were bullies who liked to pick on me because they knew that I was an outcast. I regret going that far. I ended up scaring the whole school, Leila said. What did they do to make you hurt them? Elaine asked. They slapped me and poured sweet drinks on my head to humiliate me because they didn't think that I deserved to date Eric's. They wanted me to back off so that their friend could date him, Leila said. I see. So you are afraid of using your powers because you don't want to hurt anyone. 
but they not. Have you ever hurt your loved ones? Or those who never hurt you? Elaine asked. Um, I guess I have not hurt any of my friends or family with my powers. But I still don't trust myself with my powers. And because of it, Eric ran away and I ended up indirectly putting my friends in danger. Leila replied sadly. Ah, yes. Foxy told me about Eric's. Don't blame yourself for that, Leila. The Moonstalkers and the Resistance have been enemies for a very long time. Foxy also told me about Beth, your friend. I'm very sorry to hear about her unfortunate fate. Have you ever thought about using your powers to help others? Maybe you can learn how to use it to help others and let Beth know that her sacrifice was not in vain. Elaine asked. Nina hesitated and rubbed her shoulders. May I show you something, Nina? Elaine asked. Nina nodded. Elaine lifted her hand and eyes emerged from her palm. It formed into the shape of a bird. She blew on it and it formed into a robin. that flew out of her hand and onto her shoulder. Oh, that's cool, Adam said in awe. Now, watch this, Lynn said. One of her advisors passed her a rabbit and she touched the rabbit. It froze in her fingers. As Leila stared in shock, Elaine touched the rabbit and it unfroze as if nothing ever happened to it. I used to be afraid of my powers too. When I was young, I would accidentally freeze a flower and cause it to die as it broke. I almost killed my parents once in a fit of rage. It almost froze over like this rabbit. But someone taught me how to control my powers and now I use them to help others. Don't be afraid of your powers, Nina. They are what make you unique. If you learn how to control them and use them for good, you'll be surprised at what good you can do. If someone needs an extra hand in farming, I create an ox that helps them plow the fields, since only a handful of creatures are left in this world. If someone needs eyes, I create ice cubes for them, Elaine said. Do you want to know how to control your powers? We can teach you. All you need to do is show us your powers, Elaine continued. Yes, I would like that very much. Thank you, Leila replied. Elaine nodded. How about the two of you? Our warriors can train you in the art of combat. Would you like us to train you? Elaine asked Nancy and Adam. I would like that. I only have a crossbow with me and some arrows. I know how to shoot, but I don't really have good aim, Adam replied. I have a mechanical type of device that shoots projectiles, but I guess I could use some target practice and see piped in. Oxy, I leave them in your care. Leila, please follow me, Lilane said. 
I will go back to my house to see how Ned is doing, Salma said to Doxy. Poor lad. I know how he feels. I too lost my husband recently to one of the Moonstalkers. I hope he feels better, Doxy said emphatically. See you guys later, Nina said. Yeah, see you later. Happy training, Adam said as he smiled. Nancy waved to Layla as she left with the lane. Loxy turned to both and said, Well, we better get going then. Let's head to the training grounds. I have come to the end of my podcast. Part 8 will be coming up soon. And I hope you like this story. See you next time.